Welcome to the Do Business Better podcast, the place for ideas you can implement to achieve prosperity. You'll get insights from successful business people on how they do business better. You'll glean tactics on creating a life and business by choice because we interview real business people who've done just that. Now here's your host, Damian Mason. Greetings. Hey, thanks for joining us here on the Do Business Better podcast. If you're watching the video, you see right now that I am not in my usual studio. No, I'm at the upstairs, a Roanoke, Indiana studio and new venture for my guest. And you're checking out the place right now as we're going 360. This is the proprietor. Her name is Angie Carroll. She's been on the Do Business Better podcast before. She's also been written about in my book, Do Business Better. So here's the deal. We're going to sit down now and I'm going to put this where you can see us because we've got a great show for you today. The subject is, how do you keep it fresh after so many years in business? Keeping it fresh after 13 years in business. That's the subject. All right. So for those of you who uh, have not tuned into past episodes, she's Angie Carroll. Angie, say hello to these fine listeners. Hello, fine listeners. And viewers. This is, as all of my new episodes since January have been, not just audio, but also video. That's right. Go to the Damian Mason channel on YouTube, and please subscribe. The more subscribers I get, the more viewers I get, and the more the algorithms work in our favor, and more people will see this message. So please go to the Damian Mason channel on YouTube and hit subscribe. It really would help me out a lot. View it, listen to it, and share it. That's the Do Business Better podcast. So here's the deal. Her name's Angie. You've met her if you've listened to my past episode. She's been on twice before. Also, I use her as an example in my book, Do Business Better, where we talked about entrepreneurial spirit. She started her business, IBA Design and Marketing, when she was a single mother with three kids at home and decided to quit her job. So she knows a thing or two about making this thing work. It's been 13 years now, and she's got this new thing going on. And one thing I've always applauded about Angie is that she keeps it fresh. What am I talking about? I'm talking about always coming up with new ventures, new ideas, and not becoming routine. So, Angie, welcome to the show. What did I miss talking about you and your business? Well, it's 14 years, oh, okay. going into 15 years, but you know, no one's counting. <laughs> All right, 14 years, and uh, and I was off by one. Uh, what else did I miss? Uh, IBA is a full-service marketing firm where we uh, specialize in taking businesses to the next level by doing the foundational marketing for them and then handing it off to them, teaching them how to do their own work and then um, continuing to do bigger and bigger projects for them to grow. Give me, okay, I'm a client. I've been a client since 2007 and we've known each other since 2004. Uh, you've got a broad array, small businesses mostly. Um, they use you for everything from what to what? We've got we've got small businesses and large corporations. We've got a lot of um, people that just have ideas, products they want to launch or companies they want to start, um, all the way up to large organizations that have internal marketing firms that use us as a supplemental marketing. So industry-wise, we work in everything from medical to um, uh, manufacturing to uh, aesthetic spa, uh, entertainment. Well, you've, laid out, you've laid out one of my books. More than that, you've designed and laid out books for me, my website. Um, let's see, video work. Um, so we're unique in the sense that marketing. we do a lot of everything, whereas we don't specialize necessarily in one particular um, project, but we really try to be full service for uh, the right clients that walk in our door. All right. So, and you don't have clients that just walk in your door. You have clients in Minnesota, uh, you know, people like me that live in Arizona half the year. You've got clients in. I think we have states. 14 states right now that we're working in. 
actively working in 14 states. 14 states, 14 years. It's all about the 14. <laughs> but here's what we need to cover. We're talking about keeping it fresh. So my idea, dear viewers and listeners, was I'm sitting here thinking, man, I really am uh, inspired by Angie because <laughs> she comes up with these uh, new ventures or maybe little offshoots. And there are a lot of people that, you know, you've heard the thing. It takes most businesses don't make it past five years. They always say they fail. A lot of them don't fail. They just stop. They just say, man, this is a lot of work. Good God, that's going to be easier to go get a normal job. So like 51% of businesses stop or don't exist after five years. We've all heard that. You made it past the five. You made it past the 10. Now you're pushing 14. And uh, you're saying, okay, we've got a book of business. We have revenue. We have five employees. Yeah. Five employees. So it would be very tempting to just sort of coast or maybe not coast, but rest on one's laurels and say, or get real uh, defined and say, here is what we do. You say, here's what we do, but we're also going to venture out and do this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, in marketing in general, you have to always be forecasting what's next for your clients and and for yourself. And so it's never, I've never been satisfi satisfied with just sitting still. In fact, I thrive in change. And so I'm always seeking what's next, what's the change. If I let it sit still, I would be bored and I would have given up. So I think for us, it's not even a question. It's a what is happening next. Well, you know, there's a thing, a lot of entrepreneurial minded people uh, need a certain amount of chaos um, yeah. to to really bring out their their juices. Yeah. Um, I I like being busy and I like a lot of stuff going on. I don't like it when things are in utter chaos because then it's you know you have a hard enough time sleeping as it is. So I like I like the accomplishment. I like lots of activity. I like lots of things going on, but I don't like chaos. Um, but change doesn't bother me. It doesn't bother you. So. Let's talk about your typical day, speaking of change, because your typical day today at IBA is very different than it was when you started out on your kitchen table. Uh <laughs> well, I think that that's funny because when, when we interviewed our most recent hire and we, put, we asked her to pose a question to us, she asked us, what's, what's a typical day? And uh, one of my employees answered, ah. <laughs> like, there's no such thing. There's no such thing. We have no expectations. We do not know what our days look like. Um, we don't have a routine. I don't require my employees to be at work by a certain time. Um, they're, they're to do the task at hand. They're to get everything done that's you know assigned to them. But we don't have anything even remotely close to typical. Right. And that's, that's, that works really well for people like you yeah. and for me. You know, uh, my wife... Uh, she's learned a little bit of it, but she says, I need to go in and hire a trainer. I said, we have a mountain behind us that's got trails all over it, a pull-up bar, a home gym. Yeah, but if I don't have the discipline, I'm like, for me, it's never been that way. I, I don't need... I don't need routine in that regard. I need the exercise. I don't necessarily need someone to tell me, okay, now is when we do our 10 push-ups, and now when we do this. But we, it's not for everyone. We lost an employee because she just could not manage her time. And she needed the routine. She loved the job, but it did not suit her. She needed someone to actually say, now you do this, mm -hmm. now you do that. Um, all right, so there's no typical, and you've done a really good job of not letting typical become routine. You do a thing with Instagram. Uh, you gr you dragged me grudgingly into Instagram because you're, you're smart. You looked forward and said, okay, uh, this is where you need to be putting some stuff out there because you're going to have some new followers. 
you do a kind of a thing where you make you make a you make it light. You make it look like an IBA is a fun place to work. What what else am I missing? Well, for for social media, you you have a choice on how you want to present your account. And because of the nature of the work that we do, a lot of our projects we can't say that we're doing. They aren't even they aren't public yet. They're campaigns that no one knows we're running or we have non-disclosures. So we choose instead of focusing on the quality of work that we produce, we choose to make a character. And we want to be hired by people that appreciate our our uh, culture in the company. We want to be hired by people that want to work with this, that don't want account executives, that don't want wine and dine. They want transparency. They want song and dance. They want it to be fun and light, and they want us, you know, to be their partner. And so that's what we do on Instagram is just we post silly things constantly and it's it's honest it's not an act it's how we act in the office yeah so your your idea there is let's show everybody what it looks like let's let's use this as a forum and format to say yeah if you need account executives and if you want a big stodgy firm that uh you know has all that then we're probably not your place we want to be that uh, we're a small we're a small shop and we uh we're loose Mm -hmm. and we want people to just be comfortable and Um, We also want people to be able to be honest with us about their needs. And I feel that in the atmosphere that we create, people open up and they're more honest with truly what they need in their business, their shortcomings, um, what they've tried and what they've failed, if it's a casual, open conversation than if it's a, a formal meeting. And so I feel like we get results a lot better because of the type of clientele we have and the type of culture we are. Uh, all right. So you do uh, creative assignments. I remember you telling me that a year or so ago. You take your five employees and you give them something. It's not like the work assignment. It's something on the side, meaning it's not actually billable work. Tell me about that. Well, each uh, month we have a team meeting. And in the team meeting, we take the f- it's usually about an hour. And we take the first 30 minutes of the team meeting to break apart a client. So if we take Damian Mason's work and what we've done for Damian Mason, not that Damian has asked us to break it apart, but we tear it apart and we really ask each other what was good, what was bad, and what we could improve. And then we take the next 30, the 30 minutes of the meeting or however long it takes to do a creative team building or, or just creative activity. And so the next one is already planned, and I come up with these ideas. It's scavenger hunts, it's Jenga, we have a pickleball set, We it's it's anything. It's not necessarily like um, an intellectual thing. One time I had them doing, um, what's the draw by number, uh-huh. or the dot to dot, and things like that. I also have them take personality temperament tests, and so I can we can talk about each other's temperament, and just um, things like that. It's for two reasons. It's to make sure that they keep creative, stay creative, and it's to make sure that the bond within the group is alive and constantly um, improving. Being a manager of people is difficult for me. It's the curse of the self-employed. You were uh, an employee, then you ventured out on your own, and then you are working on a TV tray or your your kitchen table, and then you brought in employees – when um i was oof, Five probably years in. six years into it when i brought in a secretary 
And that secretary. I think they call them administrative assistants, but yes. <laughs> she did everything for me. I loved her. Yeah. Um, and she, she left me because we grew a little too big, I think. And she had another um, opportunity. But I brought in my first um, strategic marketing uh, employee probably eight years in all right so here's the thing we talk about keeping it fresh meaning you got to keep doing these things that's why I'm, if you're listening and, and watching this podcast what we just talked about these assignments and then uh keeping it you know keeping a certain amount of fun and then she talked about it's to keep them creative but it's also to continue to build a bond and it's not that we do this crap you know for you know we don't go on team retreats where we go out and climb ropes and do all that but it's it's a daily dose, and it's also a monthly meeting. So that's something that all of us can do. Whether you you don't need the, the you don't need General Motors kind of budget to do this. It's uh, it's very cheap and simple. Yeah, yeah. I mean, my my employees are paid for their time doing it. I don't ask them to do it on their own time. The other thing I've learned that sort of I didn't expect to learn this, but I have um, gotten insight onto how my employees learn work. Uh, communicate. I sent them on the scavenger hunt and I made them do things like go into that restaurant and sit next to a stranger and ask at his table and ask him how he's doing today. I make them do things that are a little out of their comfort zone and some of them are like all like all in. Go as crazy as they can go and some of them are timid and I find out how each of them react to certain situations and the next team building activity is is for communication. And I can see who's the leader, who's the follower, and so forth. So it's it's twofold. Well, it's actually multi, um, multiple reasons why and what I learn about them, but why I do the uh, creative activities. All right. So the people that are in your employee, besides the administrative type, then you've got people that are creative and do know how to take a blank sheet of paper and turn it into something. Mm -hmm. Do not take a blank canvas and, and create something. But that doesn't mean that they are the type that are willing to keep it fresh because mm -hmm. most people don't like change. Most people would rather just go about routine. How do you keep your people? Um, they, they probably don't thrive on change like like you, and they probably don't need a certain amount of chaos to get them, uh, you know, to, to get it together. So the chaos throws them off. I'm the leader. I manage the chaos. They don't have to manage chaos. They follow. Um, if I have a crazy idea, what I've got going is that all of my employees are always 100% on board. And they trust me. And when we took the, te the temperament and the personality test, we named each other. We gave each other a character. And my character trait, my strongest character trait is the visionary. And so in the role of everyone at IBA, I am the one that has the ideas and then no one questions them. They all just trust my judgment and they trust that we'll move forward in the right direction, even if it's a crazy idea. I've never had anyone resist anything that I've come up with, which is incredible. Uh, all right. So you beat me to it. You started talking about visionary. You want me to go with that? All right. I'm going <laughs> to come back to that. Um, your latest venture, where we're sitting right now, the upstairs. This is a upstairs brick, obviously brick walled uh, loft and it's... Uh, uh, there's there's lights and there's equipment and there's cameras and there's fake walls and there's and then there's the <laughs> coffee bar and what the hell is going to happen here? So we um, oh a few months ago, a few months before we decided to sign the lease on this space, um, we decided that we were no longer going to uh, position ourselves as the graphic designers 
Um, instead, we wanted to position ourselves as the educators, the teachers. And so the first thing that the upstairs was going to be used for was going to be training. Because we, we know that in our industry, there's very few um, marketing firms that are willing to share knowledge to their customers to do what they're doing. They like to hold on to that information. But we have learned that over the course of teaching a lot of people how to do some of their own work, we've gotten bigger and better jobs. They don't they don't not spend the money, they spend money on better projects. So that's where we want to go with the business. That's where I want to go. I have a background in education. I love teaching people how to do things themselves. So the training is the number one reason why we decided to develop this space. But then, you know, you can't, it, like, you can't not move forward without having video production and uh, good audio and video quality on social media. So then we were desperate for a space that we could use specifically for that. And it turned into, you know, piggybacking the space with the audio video. And now we're having, you know, now we're having virtual events. And now we're having uh, next week, we have a corporation that's all been displaced that's working at home that's bringing their team here because they have a, a section here in Fort Wayne that has nowhere to get together to have their team meetings except for Zoom. And so we're using it for all sorts of weird opportunities that have, I think the key is like I saw the opportunity, I saw the crack, I saw, I saw the needs and immediately said, okay, we can use this for that, that, and that. And so it, this will be used for a multi, multiple reasons, and we want to use it for some good, some good things too. Some good things, not you know, people aren't paying for, but to bring some homeschooling mothers here to do kids activities and some other groups that can really use a nice space to gather. I like it. So here's the thing: you kept saying we, we decided, we decided. Uh, who's the we? My team. You. Yeah, but my team and I, I mean, I have, um, I don't necessarily say, Hey, what do you guys think of this? Um, but I tell them, Hey, we're going to start doing this. And then they provide a lot of feedback. And I mean, I specifically said with one of my employees, um, you know, I know this person is not going to be comfortable doing training. You know, I know that about this personality trait. It yep. would make her so nervous and it's just not her. It's not what she signed up for. But I know one of my employees would be totally on board with that. So we have those conversations because I've got to make sure that I'm I'm creating a lot of jobs, a lot of job opportunities. And I have staff that has to fill those <laughs> projects. And so I need to make sure that I've got all of my. So here's the thing. Row. This is expansion. But it's also keeping it fresh, as mm -hmm. we've discussed. You were not doing poorly. You've got plenty of work for mm -hmm. what you want to do on the design and marketing side. Mm -hmm. but so, what, what was the real reason? We that? really want to grow as a group into a higher level marketing firm. We really want to we want to take a different approach by teaching our, our customers what we're doing, handing off the projects that we are doing to them by teaching them. We really want to grow to be able to do higher level marketing and higher level marketing. So that was the whole purpose. And, you know, what's next? You know, what's, there's, higher, what's higher level marketing? mean? There's I mean, instead of figuring out a social media marketing plan, we're we're placing placing strategic ads on Google that my our clients can't learn how to do because it gets ultra complicated. But we can teach them how to do social media advertising. So I just want to kind of keep taking it another level, taking it up another level. Right. OK. Uh, it's been what, a month? How's it going on the new venture? 
We're getting, I haven't figured out exactly what the business model looks like. And we're getting approached from all angles on using this space. And what I know is important is that I find a very um, specific uh, rules around how we're using it, or I don't know what the right word is, but, and not just rent it out to everyone, you know, because we have photographers that want to use it, videographers that want to use it. I really want to keep it to a specific group of people. So how's it going? Well, I'm busting my tail, getting things assembled, getting, um, is it still on? Getting, um, you know, things unpacked, literally uh, breaking down cardboard. (laughs) Like I've, I've broken down so many boxes in the last month. I can't even, but um, we're close. We're close and it's functional. We're using it every single day right now for some reason. All right. So keeping it fresh, um, you know, in, in my book uh, and dear listeners, if you haven't picked this up, please do so. I I mean, come on, you know, it'll make you, you know, it'll make you better. (laughs) Four traits. I talk about four traits. We talk about risk tolerance, talk about drive, and we talk about resilience. We talk about vision. Those are the four traits of entrepreneurial success. Seems to me that part of keeping it fresh is two of those things. Uh, It's about risk tolerance because keeping it fresh means you're going to try new things. It's going to dabble into new ventures. You're willing to put your chips on the table and and, uh, play, play a new hand. And it's also vision. You say, all right. I know that if we just continue to do what we've always done, we're going to be commoditized, we're going to be copied, we're going to be stodgy, we're going to lose clients, whatever. That's why you got to keep things fresh. So the people that are listening and viewing this, that's why keeping it fresh I think is important. I'm clearly not doing what I did 26 years ago, Mm -hmm. and I'm changing it. I've changed it. You say, oh, you've had to go through a lot of changes since March. I said, hell, I've had to go through a lot of changes since August of 1994 mm-hmm. when I started because I was a political comedian and then I was a, you know, a landscaping company guy and I mm-hmm. was, a, you know, a, everything that I've done, I've, I've changed it, changed it, changed it. Is it risk tolerance or vision that helps you with your keeping it fresh? I, for some reason, was born without much fear. <laughs> I don't know. I trust myself and my decisions. I feel like vision is incredibly important. Understanding what fresh means to you and what fresh means to your customers. Um, being not not necessarily risk, but being unique mm-hmm. and figuring out what it is that you can do that makes you stand out from the rest of the people in your industry. So, I mean, if if it's risk tolerance or vision, I definitely think it's vision for me. Standing out from the crowd is good, but as I point out, there's there's a person that's in my racket that loves to talk about that, about uh, different, different, different. I'm like, well, you know, what? if you walk into my restaurant and I come up and, and smack you across the face, that's different, but what the, f- the hell good is that? Understanding what, what looks... valuable. yeah. And what, I mean, what is fresh? You say, keep it fresh. Well, what is fresh? And for, for us in our industry, fresh is having amazing photography and video equipment that people can utilize just because they're clients of ours. Um, having weird, you know, social media posts and, and looking like fun people. That's really fresh in marketing. We're not stuffy. We're not like boring. So like understanding what exactly is fresh you know, to you and your customers is important. Yeah, on my ag side, um, I got told some good stuff. I've been told some good stuff from some of my people, and it's not for everybody because they're very used to hearing the same old thing, the same old thing, the comforting thing about 
you know, that they've heard forever. And I'm like, no, that's not, that's not, you know, and I, I, I give them bad news. I give them the re, the mm-hmm. real scoop. So breath of fresh air is how I define yeah. fresh for a lot Transparency, of Transparency. Or straight talk or mm-hmm. uh, news you don't want to hear and a, a outlook you don't want to necessarily admit. Mm-hmm. All right. So we got people out here. They're saying, all right, this is great. I love it when you and Angie sit down because you're both, uh, you're both good at this. And, and also you've worked together for apparently it's been 14 years. So here's the deal. Um, there's somebody out here that's saying, I'm in a rut. You know, you're right, Damien. Uh, I've gotten very comfortable with what I'm doing. I made it past my first five years, and then I'm in my seventh year or my tenth or whatever. I am pretty much in a routine. What are you going to tell them to do? How do they break the rut? What do they do to keep it fresh? What's the first thing they should do? Well, I mean, I think it's what a lot of people say is, for me, I, I just get out of my either my comfort zone, my town, my, I travel. But I think that the key to keeping out of ruts is is constantly forcing yourself to change a routine i mean we literally say like take a different route to work yeah. or all those it's boring it's silly it's dumb i think like, it's obvious mm. just change something up mm. but really recently i figured out with my clients and meetings that it's not really um changing much of anything but really pinpointing what their pain points are in their company or in their job, in their in their role, what are the pain points and attack it and fix it. And that starts a snowball effect of fixing this and fixing that and that getting the motion going, then it'll continue to stay in motion. So you're saying that you can you can you essentially could say like this the upstairs here, it was more about you saw a need for a client and said, How can I satisfy that? Or a prospective client or even a potential client, your ideal client, and you said what would they? What can I do for them? What can I do for them? And then it forced you into this new thing. Yeah, I mean, I saw the pain point that my clients were coming to me with. Like, it's just it's so expensive to pay for social media management, but I can't do it myself. I have no idea where to start. I mean, client after client after client after client. So, like, that's obvious for me. That triggered this. I, I can teach you. I can teach you how to do that. But even with some of our clients that are, are coming to us with the, it, I'm, we're doing say a website development project for them. They're struggling with their, you know, the website needs to do this, this and this to free up hours of their day. By doing this, this and this on the website, getting rid of that pain point for their day, they suddenly have more time to like think about and be creative and, and they're less stressed. And it just triggers a bunch of different movements and i think that i i think it starts somewhere like if i have one piece of advice like do something don't just sit and do (laughs) nothing i know it sounds so silly but it's just i can't every single day that i come in i have a notebook that i keep with me in my laptop bag i have ideas i wrote down one right before you came in because i had this random idea to do this random thing and so i have this notebook full of the most bizarre sometimes weird ideas that I just constantly keep going. And so I can flip back through those at any time and, you know, pick up and go with anything. And it, I, like I, it. I think my brain moves at like three times the speed of a lot. I wish it would slow down. Then I'd be able to sleep at night for more than four hours. But you know. closing thoughts. Is that it? You got one more for us? Uh, on what? I don't know. Keeping it fresh. All right. No, I think that I, I think that here's my closing thought. There are cracks everywhere. 
There are opportunities everywhere in every industry for everyone. And if you sit down, I, when I have a thought that I want to do something, but I'm not exactly sure what it is, I block off a period of time, say 2 p.m., and I literally think, I sit and I think, and it's hard to do. Mm-hmm. It's hard to think when you don't know what you're thinking about, but that thought always leads to an idea. And I think I wouldn't do it if I didn't specifically say at two o'clock, I'm just going to think, but it always triggers something. And so that would be only closing thought I could. I like to do that on airplanes, which doesn't happen Mm -hmm. as as much right now because Mm -hmm. of the whole uh, travel things that are going on. And then also I do it when I'm on exercise. But uh, you and I both know ideas. uh, Then you want to keep it fresh, take the idea and actually run with one of them. Mm -hmm. Uh, Otherwise, you're just you're just generating ideas, not doing anything. Her name is Angie Carroll. She is the proprietor of IBA Marketing and Design or Design and Marketing. It's one of those two. Look it up. Anyway, how do they want to find you? If they want to they want to reach out to you, how do they do that? Our website has all of our social media links on it, so you could start there. www.iba-designsingular.com. Her name is Angie. My name is Damien. Appreciate you being here. Till next time. Thanks. Thanks. It's the Do Business Better podcast. If you enjoyed this episode of Do Business Better, please share it. And be sure to connect with Damien on LinkedIn, like his Facebook fan page, and follow him on Instagram and Twitter. For speaking inquiries or to purchase Damien's books, Food Fear and Do Business Better, go to DamienMason.com. Know someone who'd make a great guest? Send us a message. We're always looking for compelling stories and business lessons our listeners can benefit from. Thank you. Thank you.